Greetings, loyal listeners. This is Dr. Rob, and you're listening to the House Call Doctor's Quick and Dirty Tips for Taking Charge of Your Health. Now, when you think about it, each of us spends nearly one-third of our life unconscious and doing absolutely nothing. Now, I'm not talking about adolescence. I'm talking about sleep. This podcast is about when falling asleep it becomes difficult, the condition called insomnia. The good thing about doing a podcast on insomnia is that I'm a winner either way. Either my listeners will learn about insomnia or they'll be so bored they'll fall asleep. Success, no matter what. Great. Now, those of you who have had insomnia can identify with the horrible feeling of lying in bed wondering if you're going to be able to fall asleep tonight. The longer you're in bed, the more anxious you get, and the more anxious you get, the harder it is to fall asleep. It's a vicious cycle. Insomnia is a miserable condition that affects a lot of people. How many? It depends on what you read, but studies I've read suggest that between one-third and two-thirds of the American adults deal with insomnia on a regular basis. This podcast will cover what insomnia is and what you can do to treat it. So, what is insomnia? Insomnia is defined as a problem falling asleep or staying asleep. It's not the lack of sleep that matters, though. It's the consequences of not falling asleep or not staying asleep that make insomnia a problem. These consequences include fatigue and sleepiness, obviously, poor concentration, increased errors in judgment, such as downloading this podcast, accidents, some of which could be serious, such as automobile accidents, headaches, stomach problems, other physical problems, difficulty with social interactions, in other words, grumpiness, and anxiety and depression due to all of the above. So what causes insomnia? Well, insomnia has many possible causes, including stressors, good stressors, such as the new job the next morning, or bad stressors, such as having a bad job to go to, can cause people sleep problems. The good news is that this type of insomnia is usually limited in duration. The second cause of insomnia is poor sleep environment. I'll go to this in more detail later, but where you sleep will have a big effect on how well you sleep. The third cause of insomnia are psychiatric conditions. Conditions such as clinical depression and anxiety disorders are very common causes of sleep problems. This is a bad thing because poor sleep can make these conditions actually get worse. The fourth cause is caffeine. Now, this may seem obvious, but you just wouldn't believe how many people come into my office not making the connection between their sleep problems and the Red Bull and Starbucks they're drinking. Fifth is alcohol. Alcohol is often used to help people sleep, but it actually doesn't do a very good job. It actually does the opposite. It's been shown to make sleep much less restful, and that's not just from getting up during the night to have to use the potty. Sixth is medication. Stimulant drugs like Ritalin are obvious culprits for sleep disturbance, but asthma medications, steroids used for asthma or arthritis, blood pressure pills, decongestant cold medications, and some antidepressants can also interfere with sleep. And finally, medical problems. Many conditions interfere with sleep, including sleep apnea, restless leg syndrome, and gastroesophageal reflux, which make you wake up during the night, prostate, urinary tract, or endocrine problems, which make you get up to pee during the night, and painful conditions, and those that just make you uncomfortable, such as a bad head, cold, or sinus infection. Now, how do you treat insomnia? Well, how you treat insomnia depends on its severity, cause, and consequences. The first step is to remove anything that interferes with sleep. Don't drink coffee or Red Bull after lunch, and don't use alcohol to help you fall asleep. 
If you're on any regular medications, ask your doctor or pharmacist if these could be hurting your sleep. And finally, if you have medical or psychiatric problems causing trouble, get those treated. And this brings me to the last group of insomniacs, those with none of these problems who simply can't fall asleep. Some have it for a short period, whereas others have lifelong battle with insomnia. It is to those people I will address my quick and dirty tips. After all else has been treated and ruled out, you should do the following. Tip number one, have good sleep habits. These habits include having a regular bedtime, exercising at least 20 minutes per day, not going to bed hungry, avoiding caffeine, tobacco, and alcohol, especially later in the day, and the easy one, dealing with your stressors. Tip number two, control nighttime stimuli. There are many ways that you can do this, including minimize what you can. Keep your bedroom as dark and quiet as possible. You can also turn off the television. Some people fall asleep in front of the television, swear by it, but studies clearly show that the noise and the bright lights flashing interfere with sleep. Third, you can wind down. Give yourself time to wind down if you've had significant mental or emotional stimulation. Time in my life that I had the hardest time sleeping was during medical school when I would intensely study and then try to go to sleep. Finding an activity to wind down helped me a lot. And finally, you shouldn't force things. If you can't get to sleep after 20 to 30 minutes and are starting to think about it and worry, get up and find a relaxing activity like reading or listening to soft music. Don't do this in bed if you can help it. Bed should only be a place for sleep. Tip number three, have a routine. Have as regular of a routine as you can before going to bed. The more of a routine you have, the less you have to think. The less you have to think, the easier sleep will come. If reading helps, then read, but keep it to light reading that won't get your mind working too fast. And tip number four, medicate when appropriate. For some people, using medication long-term is necessary. Most people, however, will only need medication for short-term while they build new sleep routine. This is the best way to use medication. So what medication should you use for insomnia? Well, common medications include melatonin, and this is a very mild over-the-counter medication that replaces a hormone in your body that has a role in sleep. Not a real strong medicine, but it does help, and there's not at all a risk of dependency. The second class of medication are antihistamines. The most common over-the-counter medication for sleep is diphenhydramine, which is the active ingredient actually in Benadryl. This is very safe and can be used long-term, but it does give kind of a hangover the next morning. And men with prostate problems, you should avoid it. Just trust me on that one. And finally, prescription medications. The class of medications used most in the past were the benzodiazepines, which included medications like Valium and Xanax. The regular use of these medications could cause dependency, and stopping them could actually cause a rebound effect, making sleep more difficult. The newer sleep medications, like Ambien and Lunesta with a little butterfly, have fewer problems with dependency, and so now can be used safely long-term. But there are downsides, as some people have reported sleepwalking or doing other strange and sometimes embarrassing things while taking them. That is a rare problem, but it underlines the fact that it's always better to fix a problem without a medication, if possible, and your doctor should always monitor your use of medication closely. That's it for insomnia. I hope I haven't put you all to sleep, or maybe not. If you have questions you want me to answer, send them to housecalldoctor at quickandirtytips.com or call your area code 206 337 
5895. You can find me on Twitter at HouseCallDoc or on Facebook under the HouseCallDoctor page. And don't forget to visit my blog, Musings of a Distractible Mind, at distractible.org. Okay, this disclaimer I'm going to say in a real boring tone of voice, so maybe that'll help you fall asleep. Let me remind you that this podcast is for informational purposes only. My goal is to add to your medical knowledge and translate some of the weird medical stuff you hear so that when you do go to your doctor, your visits will be more fruitful. I don't intend to replace your doctor. He or she is the one you should always consult about your own medical condition. Catch you next time. Stay healthy.